As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV and fresh caffeine being drank at 10 p.m. as usual. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm Scott McGregor, not quite as fresh as usual, and I'm, I'm, I'm scaling back a little bit because sleep is a good thing. <laughs> I'm so I'm told. <laughs> yeah, but nah, I, it's over, overrated, overrated. Yeah, I only get about five hours a night, so I'm definitely not getting too much. Uh, but I'm Scott McGregor, joined by my regular co-host, Christopher Tyler, and back again already, David Pascarella. Didn't even have to write us an email to get here. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we're just kind of, we're doing kind of an off-the-cuff thing for you tonight. The, the new show, Powerless, just uh, premiered, like, by the time you hear this, a week and a half, two weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, if I'd done some show prep, I'd know what station this was on. What is that, CBS? N- NBC, NBC. NBC. Okay. okay, NBC. And yeah, I've been watching, you know, the trades about this show, as I'm sure we all have, you know, for a while. Um, it's been in development for, for a little bit of time. And they actually premiered a pilot um, at one of the comic conventions last year. But it will not be the pilot that we're going to talk about. Did you guys, have you been following the news? I mean, did you hear about the big changes between, that they made to this, which we'll talk about a bit in depth? No, no, I have not. No? Okay. I, yeah, I only had heard it was going to be about an insurance company, and that's not what it is. Right, and then, um, yeah, I've, I've done a little bit of research. I've been following this maybe a little closer. I got that kind of time on my hands. Um but yeah, you're actually right, David. It started out, and I was kind of intrigued by this this concept, as an insurance company in the DC Comics universe. So it kind of acknowledged everybody. You know, it's not compartmentalized like CW that apparently doesn't have a Batman or Superman in it, uh, except for Supergirl. Gets wiggy, you know, try to follow. Um but basically, the insurance company that, you know, and I guess the main foil was going to be the evil bottom line boss that, that you know, go, tells his agents to go out of their way to not fill claims, essentially, you know, as any good insurance business is wont to do, I'm told. Um, <laughs> that's the urban evil myth about him, anyway. Uh, yeah, business is business. But so that, that sounded cool to me that, you know, you'd be going around to these, these wreckage places that were caused by superhero battles and, and saying, no, sorry, uh, it wasn't Superman that dropped that safe on you accidentally. It's an act of God or a godlike being or whatever. Uh, but somebody along the line, and they actually showed a finished pilot of this at the comic convention. Um, but somewhere along the line, bad feedback, I don't know what, you know, uh, producer fuckery up there at WB, because that happens. And it's completely changed now to uh, th- this person that's coming into Wayne Industries, Wayne Security, 
um, you know, it, it, which makes like uh, home remedy protective devices against superhero attacks. So similar, but not similar. Um, so I, I was still kind of like, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens here. And I checked it out when it first started. It, uh, wasn't overly impressed, but we're, we're going to reserve most judgments for after my little recap here, um, which shouldn't be quite as long as the ones we usually do. Yeah. So um, what, were your Take it away. what were your expectations going in? I guess I'll kick to you guys. Uh, I had zero expectations because... <laughs> I knew you'd read some bad reviews like I had. Well, I, I'm, I'm game to give anything that's related to the superhero genre shot um it's you know it's a it's a it's kind of part of it's kind of the same thing with gotham i don't care about gotham city without batman in it right i know that yes there's easter eggs in this show but it's i don't care about the plebs in the dc universe <laughs> the hoi polloi does nothing for me i want to see the superhero stuff huh, see that's a- uh, you know, um, and it, and honestly, it's a it's a it's a good idea. It should work. Um, I had zero expectations. I it took me two shots to get through watching this, um, so that kind of tells you <laughs> what you need to know. Um, let's just say I had no expectations. Therefore, um, they had nothing that they had to meet. <laughs> so that, that kind of surprised me about you because you seem to be such a. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan because it's kind of about the plebs in, in the, the superheroes. They're essentially superheroes. One of the, Coulson's <laughs> got a robotic arm. Well, They've got people with powers. <laughs> the Inhumans are on it. It's a superhero show. It didn't start out that way, though, so much. But No, yeah, but they started off as super spies with flying cars. That, that is a bonus, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I've always been a, a fan of stuff like Damage Control on Marvel, which there was rumored to be yeah, now see that would work. Show coming out, and I almost think that that had something to maybe do with the change in the plot because an insurance company would have been a lot closer to damage control than this is. Well, I I just I think you could actually mine more drama from it being an insurance company, or not, yeah. I shouldn't say drama. More interesting things, yeah, uh, can happen when it's something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll let Dave talk now because I'm sure I'll get into because I'm going to have a whole rant about uh, I'm going to be yeah, going yeah. off on something else later, too, because I ended up watching the first episode of Riverdale as well. So I could have to put my two, two, two cents in on this. We, we can throw that in there. Definitely. Dave, I, I, I brought nothing to the table. I had heard this was coming. I knew it was going to be a comedy. I was going to watch it, but I wasn't on the edge of my seat because I knew it wasn't tied in to the greater universe that they've been building on the CW. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I agree with the Chris, you, you, you know what this is like? This is like making another agents of shield, but we're going to just focus on the research and development department and it's going to be funny. Well, <laughs> try well, 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 in theory, it's supposed theory. to be funny. Yes. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, uh, you go ahead, Chris. Uh, you look at this cast, and it, they made this cast uninteresting and not funny. 
Yeah, and I only really know Alan Tudyk. I've seen Danny Pudi in, in some things, but I can't... Uh, he was on Community for a long time, wasn't he? Okay, I never got into Community, sadly. I know I'm, I'm behind the cultural curve. I, every time I've, I've seen him pop up and stuff, he's been funny. He's even funny for the two seconds he's in Winter Soldier, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where he's just, you know, he's like, he's just going to let Cap through, you know? Yeah. It's a... Uh... <sighs> I think it's just a waste of uh, a talent and premise based upon these first 24 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And, I'll, I'll go I'll go a step far, farther. Other Alan Tudyk I find amusing. The guy from uh Firefly. Yeah. The the girl the, uh, what's her name? Uh, Emily? Yeah, Vanessa she, Hudgens who I recognize the name but I have no clue what she She's a, she's a Disney kid. Okay. I was going to say, because when I watched it the second time with the kids, they all knew who she was. To okay. me, she, she was nobody. The rest of the cast, uh, they're not likable, to be honest with you. No. At least I, I didn't find them likable in the least. Well, I didn't even find Alan Tudyk likable, and that's tough. Yeah, very um, tough. you got to work at it. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's extremely likable in everything else that I'm see- I've seen him in, even if it's a small part. Yeah. I mean, it, you go back and look at him as Sonny in uh, iRobot. He's one of the best parts of that movie. <laughs> it's yeah, like, heck yeah. It, Plays another Firefly. pretty good droid, too. Droid too yeah. Um, it's, I don't know. They, they made him unlikable. <laughs> so, well, what's the, is, are we family friendly or not? On oh, this one, never really, no. Yeah, you can I, say it because the I mean, show wasn't family friendly, which blew me out of the water. I'm like, really? Some of these a, jokes are not <laughs> what I was expecting. He's just a dick. Yeah, I think that's his part, and he kind of right. plays that well. But it's all too comicky. Well, let's get into that the unfortunate business of the recap because that's what we do here, um, and and and. I've focused on a couple of the, the positives in this, too, in here, so we're not going to slam it completely, but shall we? Um, first episode was called Wayne or Lose. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Much, much. We open in Charm City. Is that actually a DC thing, or are they pulling this one I out of their I think that ass? one's made yeah. up, because I'm thinking, <laughs> is it supposed to be Baltimore? Yeah. Because it don't look like Baltimore. Because, uh, I mean, you've got... You know, the rest of the DC universe, so let's just make up a new DC town. We can't even put it in one of the, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, Charm City, and our protagonist, Emily, is on a city train talking to a fellow rider. Suddenly, we have a superhero battle between Jack-O-Lantern and Crimson Fox. Uh, our female lead is awestruck, but the rest of the train goes on as if nothing's happening. You know, they've seen this all before. Even though the train is rushing toward broken tracks and its doom. Uh, and then we go into exposition flashback mode, and we find out that the woman is Emily Locke, who came from a flyover state, which actually in this world means that the heroes just never kind of stop there. Um, that was clever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And in one of the cool moments, we get uh, Superman 78's Jimmy Olsen himself uh, is her dad, and uh, he impressed that was. That was him. That was, that was Mark McClure? It was, sir, yes. Wow, I didn't, ca- I didn't wow. catch that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, got to give him props to that one, if nothing else. Yep. Uh, and he impresses upon her that you don't need to be super to be super, basically. Uh, you know, big super to be 
Super. Uh, Emily decides to move to the big city, and we get a nice shot of Starro outside her window. That was also that I cool. actually appreciated. Yeah, uh, even though he went splat minutes later, uh, <laughs> as she cleans unaware with her, her earbuds in. Back to the present, Crimson Fox saves the train, but dumps it on Alan Tudyk's car. And as Emily is about to leave, she says, well, you don't see that every day. And then the train just all looks at her and is like, yeah, actually, you do around here, honey. Uh, better get used to it. She takes the selfie, and we're treated to a, a nice, actually, DC Comics-infused opening credits. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, said it had its small moments if you just wanted to geek out to stuff. And, and speaking of that, we get some exposition by Adam West himself, who is actually, like, uncredited, but we all know who you were there, Adam. Um, who tells us about Wayne Securities, who make products for the average civilian to protect themselves from super dangers. And I, I did think the Joker anti-venom um, was, was kind of clever. And was that was that their like test guy Steve, or did that look like Arthur from the original live-action Tick show? But I couldn't confirm Ooh, that. I'd have um, to go back and rewatch. Yeah, I, I think it was actually the. He looks a lot like the, the technician we meet very briefly later. Um, so I think that might have been him. But it looked a lot like the guy who played Arthur um, in the first Tick. Anywho, Emily arrives at work toting her uh, Wayne or Lose like you know personal affirmation book that Bruce has apparently written. And uh, meets her new boss, Van Wayne, and we uh, learn that Van isn't really all that close to his famous cousin, although he calls him B-dubs. Ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, ew. <laughs> Wayne security business is down. Emily is the new director of R&D and tasked with coming up with a big idea to save the company, basically. Uh, Van tries to get his assistant Jackie to rescue him from Emily's uh, joy over the job and excessive exposition, which he does several times in this freaking show that's only 22 minutes long. And uh, she takes Emily to meet her new team. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, we meet Teddy, who takes up the tour and shows her the lab uh, that she should not touch anything in. We we then meet Wendy, who, uh, another footnote, was originally going to have a brother Marvin that worked with her. Aww. <laughs> right. It's like, why on earth would you throw that one away? No, I mean, that would have been cool, in my opinion. That would have been a nice little addition, you know, but... Why? I just why? Why either way, really? But why lose it if you already had it in there? I we also meet Rod. Maybe I'm just you know I, I'm a super friends easy mark. I guess I think we all are. But <laughs> <laughs> like if Zan and you know the Wonder Twins had shown up, I would squee just as equally. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we meet, also meet Ron, who is testing out a nice protective suit. Uh, Emily starts her little pep talk, but the team is not impressed. Teddy asks her if he's ever actually, if she's ever actually made a product, and she tries to rally the troops, but kind of laughing at her, they inform her that she is the fifth new boss they've had in a year. Uh, basically, and Emily confronts Van about it, and he basically admits that he's trying to get promoted to his cousin's office in, in Gotham, um, which is a better place to live somehow than Charm City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? You've got to be... I guess yeah. if you're a Wayne, you, you probably live fairly... Well, it didn't work for his parents. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Gotham is, is safer than Charm City. That should worry a lot of people. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> Emily starts spewing some things from the Wayne book, and uh, her, her friend Jackie there is unimpressed. Um, Jackie comes to Van and tells her Bruce is on the phone, and he's instantly put on phone, uh, put on hold. You know, there was a big running joke, obviously, that uh, Van thinks he's really close to his famous cousin, but isn't. Uh, Wendy made a device that warns her when Emily is near, a joke that she makes like three times in 22 minutes in the show. Yeah. Van gathers the troop and, troops and tells them that they're closing down. Emily believes that she can save the company. Uh, we get a little bit of a Snyderverse slam in there, I thought. And, uh, you know, uh, and I thought it was a funny line that is uh, Van that said something effective. You know, superheroes battling for sketchy, undefined reasons or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Van is overjoyed about the news uh, that they're closing because he gets to go to Gotham anyway. He fails upward. and The deadline is on. Uh, Ron has an idea, shoots that down, Snyderverse slam, um, talking about that Superman are the biggest... Uh, the biggest form of injury in the city is, you know, unintended circumstances. Superman collateral from, damage. Yeah, essentially. So, yeah. Which I, I don't know why he's fighting everyone in Charm City. I thought Metropolis was kind of his thing. Uh, anyway, um, talking to Jackie uh, and watching the jack-o'-lantern come by again, uh, Emily has an epiphany. The world needs a supervillain alert, and so they're going to use Wendy's I Don't Like Emily detector to give people alerts about uh, attacks by supervillains by their scent somehow, because comic science. <laughs> they did, because uh, every supervillain smells differently or something. Uh, Why not? They demonstrate the product for Van, who concedes taking the design to Bruce. Van shows up with a new, uh, he's not going to get to go to Gotham because Bruce loves the device, the news. Clearly, Emily is now going to have a contentious relationship with the boss, so. <laughs> Fuel for future comedy. Uh, the team is out celebrating, and Marv Wolfman is on the TV, actually. Did you notice the little... I missed that, too. His little nameplate is Marv Wolfman. Uh, telling us how Batman beat the Joker finally with the team's device, and the team is also clueless as well as powerless, apparently, as they don't make the connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it got worse actually rereading that, as it did uh, the second time I watched it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess it's what you're looking for in a DC comedy show. Uh, I'm fine with the flash making jokes every now and then via cisco that's those all, come that's from the character that comes from <laughs> the natural way that those characters are though yeah the, the comedy in this was oh it was forced it was, it was forced. so bad it really was and it was uh, the the trailers you know as i think me and chris talked about it on a uh a show that i haven't produced yet actually um but that's even the trailers, you know, that's presumably your funniest shit, and that wasn't even that good. So you kind of knew where this was going to end up. Yeah, honestly, about halfway through it, I'm like, oh my god, you know, I gotta sit through a whole hour of this, and it hit, and then I looked, and it's like, no, it's a 22 minute show, and like this feels like it's been 22 minutes already, and it's been like 11, and that's never a good sign either. No. <laughs> yeah, it, it it felt long too. <laughs> Uh, bad, bad jokes, man. The, if the jokes were better, I'd be willing to give it another shot. But I, 
I can't see myself watching the next one just because of how bad this was. Right. It was almost <laughs> like there were even easier jokes they could have gone for that would have been funnier. Listen, I, I, I sat through the second one this evening. It's oh, no better. Right. No. Okay. no better. Great. It's worse. Here's, here's the thing. A, a DC comedy show could work. Honestly, uh, I don't think this was the right way to do it. You could take take characters like the Metal Men or something and try to make a comedy out of them. Yeah. Um, or some of the other secondary characters. If you're going to do a show about the regular people and have it be funny, they really, and as, as trite as this is now, they should have just ripped off the formula from The Office and done it that way. And that's yeah. kind of what they were talking about from day one about this. That was how they, they were all describing it's the office in the DC universe. Yeah, but it's not. And yeah. if, <laughs> if they had done it that way, or if you have Van being clueless as to who Bruce Wayne actually is, but the rest of the R and D team knowing that he's Batman and that they're making him his stuff, that would be brilliant. Yeah, that yeah. would that would work. Yeah, um, I know they're trying to do the everyman thing with it, but. I don't care about the everyman, <laughs> you know. The it's, only... it's these everymen because they're so horrible. That's they, it. they are horribly. I, written. I think you could even make this concept work if you had if you you had to take it a little. It's weird to say, but you have to take it a little more seriously. You know, you either have to go full comic, which this one tries to do and kind of fails, or you have to kind of take it seriously and let the comedy be organic. And you have yeah. to have likable freaking characters. Even if they're supposed to be unlikable, you have to have likable, unlikable characters, if that makes any sense. Um, because all these actors just are, are given nothing. And I just wonder what the dynamic is, like how quickly they had to like relearn and reshoot everything. Because, I mean, they, they stripped this down from the ground up and rebuilt it. And I don't know how much time... They did that in, but it feels like very rushed production and these guys just like giving pages and phoning it in and getting through it, you know, and cashing that paycheck. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened here. Now, here's, here's the thing I'm wondering, though, and hear me out. Is it possible this isn't aimed at us because the kids really thought it was funny? I didn't find it. The first run, I thought it was entertaining. The second time through, it wasn't funny. But the kids seemed to like it. I guess that's possible, but I don't see how... I don't know. What 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 time slot is this airing? 8 o'clock. At 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock? Yeah. Okay, so they're trying to go for the widest possible demographic for it. I just, there's a couple, there was a couple of jokes in there where I'm like, that's not really an eight o'clock joke. Like, I don't need two jokes in a row about a sex robot. Right. It's like, yeah. right. Uh, I don't, you know, it's, it's a problem of tone. Like with most things, it just doesn't know. Uh, well, right. Know. It was I, just even, yeah, that was even out of the tone of the show. It was just like a forced, uh, we have to have some kind of sex in here, you know, it's, some mention of it or acknowledgement of it to let people know we want adults to watch this too. And it was just completely out of place. You haven't established any of the characters' sexuality in any way, shape, or form. We haven't spent enough time with them. So that's not going to be funny on any level, you know, until you establish some kind of personality yeah. that that will make sense about. Uh, I mean, in the Easter eggs and callbacks and references to 
to the DC universe, those will only take you so far. If if the jokes aren't working, it's not going to work for anybody because the DC references are for us. Yeah. But if yeah. the comedy's not grabbing us, we're not going to stick around for it. And, and one of the other big changes between the two shows was that one of the running, pl- well, the biggest change probably was that Emily was already there. And it was like a friendly office environment. You know, it was people that had known each other for a while and worked together for a while. And I think maybe the plot was that the new boss was brought in and he was, you know, clamping down on the easy claims and stuff. Uh, but it, we had, you know... See, that already sounds more interesting, because at right. least if you wanted to play occasionally something more serious, then you could have, you know... It's justified because these characters, you know that these characters have known each other for a while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these are just people making goofy inventions instead of having to deal with real world consequences. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a, yeah. <laughs> and, I don't know. Uh, oh, did you, I also saw Blackhawk Security on a building. That was another oh, Easter egg I right. saw. Okay. Um, uh, and I yeah. said that. that you know, I'm, I said I'm kind of easy that way, and I'll probably keep watching this until it fails, which it's going to do. I'm making oh yeah, this is not going to last. This is not going to last thirteen I, episodes. No, I, no, 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 it won't. It really won't. Um, you know, but I'll enjoy those. But the, one of the bigger changes was that this this tight nip nip um, office group in the original version of it. You know, one of the new guys, I guess everyone suspected he might be a Green Lantern. You know, which I think would have been a great plot point you know and maybe they'll throw it back in there i don't know yeah you know one of the gags was somebody hits him over the head with a yellow chair or something to test him to see (laughs) and again that's a joke that's only going to work for us that's not going to work for the the eight o'clock trying to get everybody to watch group but at least it was a little wider scope that they could use but now they've kind of pigeonholed themselves into we have to do primarily batman jokes now you know, which I'm sorry. Is anyone else getting sick of Batman and every freaking thing in the DC universe? I love. Yeah, it's, Hunter, all, it's but all about Batman. I, yeah, yeah, and it's getting old, <laughs> and they don't seem to realize it. <laughs> but you know, you, they limited themselves right there by making it. Uh, yeah, also, it also begs the question that I don't remember ever hearing about Bruce Wayne having a fucking cousin before. Yeah, I think he's got extended family. Okay, why? Well, whatever. You know, it's sixty years of comics. So I, I but here's the one. thing: who gives the shit about Bruce Wayne's extended family they're not putting on a bad suit and fighting crime. <laughs> exactly, and I, I love your idea, Hero, that it would have been like the R&D team realizing you know, and that would have been okay for the last joke in this friggin' show too, but no, they they make us see that we're dealing with like five or six real complete idiots that can't idiots. even figure out that Batman is the one using their invention. <laughs> but Yeah. So I think you play that stupid, then you should have copied the office where everybody's just in some way just sort of a horrible person. Yeah, and you're also <laughs> not expected to believe that they're all scientists, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> and engineers. Because these people would not have made it through engineering school. <laughs> no. 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 All right, I'm gonna finish my cigarette so you guys talk for a while. Uh, I don't know if I have anything else to say about it. David, you originally, when we originally talked about it, you said you did enjoy it the first time. And I said, there's... I, I found uh, there to be a couple of, you know, f- funny remarks. I It doesn't take much to entertain me. And I found Van to be a little bit funny. I like the whole business where... Uh, 
Bruce Wayne calls him up and he's all excited. Oh, yeah. how do I look? And his secretary yeah. goes, like, you don't understand how a phone works. There, there were some genuinely good jokes in there, and Alan had a good chunk of them because he's Alan Tudyk, and he can turn crap into gold occasionally. Um, yeah. see, see, I think if you you played him more along the lines of, uh, do you remember Benson with Robert yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. If you played him more along the lines of the governor, yeah. Where he's he's a likable nudnik yeah. who clearly only has the job because his cousin feels bad for him. Uh, yeah. Emily, I, I saw her more as like a, a non-superpowered Clark Kent, literally coming to the big city from the farm almost, yeah. and, and only having her books. The rest of them... Yeah, Teddy, but Jesus, at least Clark becomes Superman every now and then. She was just kind of annoying for 22 minutes. Right, but there, there's no super heroics among any of them. That's the right. thing. And there's not going to be, unless that's like they do the thing where they create a super suit and they have to try it out, and hilarity will ensue. Supposedly. I don't think they'll have the budget for that. Oh yeah, the effects in this were bad. Yeah. And I, I, I granted it's a comedy, so they don't need to be you know as good looking as, you know, but it's, oh, good lord. Ugh. I like that they'll roll out a deep cut character. I mean, Crimson Fox. I wasn't that like Justice League International era kind of that she showed. I don't up even once? remember because I because I remember that character, but I can't remember exactly. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a JLA from the Wahaha days that she popped up at one point. Um, but I think she was actually a villain. Uh, not sure about that. But no, actually, I think she might have been like one of the first members of Justice League Europe. Hey, we have an email address. You can call in and confirm or deny that for us. And it's <laughs> weeklyheroics at yahoo.com. You are, you are correct, but, uh, Scott. Her they, first appearance was in Justice League Europe number six. No shit. Wow. wow. Some of the gray matter still works. <laughs> awesome. <Yeah. laughs> um, so moving forward, I, I said I kind of corralled uh, Hero into this. I don't think we will be covering this show. Um, I'm I'll tell you another show I'm not going to cover because I'm going to go talk about it for about two minutes right now. Yeah. I watched the first episode of Riverdale. What the fuck did they do to Archie, man? I see. I can't even bring myself to to do it. I can't. I was never I, a huge Archie fan to begin with. So I, that's the thing. I like Archie comics. I understand that you know when I was growing up reading them, they're just harmless pap. I get that. Yeah, but they were fun. Um, and everybody could read an Archie that, comic. That's kind of what it's supposed to remain. And I know <laughs> that they're doing some more interesting stuff with it now in the comics, which is fine. The stuff that they did on this, good lord, they turned it into trash TV. Yeah, I see. Uh, Archie comics to me were like, oh, here's a comic that understands my high school angst, so that this makes me feel better for a few minutes. I don't want to see them be dark and gritty. Even I don't want to see them fighting zombies. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I just want Archie and the gang to go to high school. <laughs> well, okay. In this version of Riverdale, <laughs> we start. We we find out that uh, Cherry Blossom's brother. Um, I can't remember his name. He dies mysteriously. Uh, so that was starting off with an unexpected death. Uh, apparently, Archie got hot over the summer because uh, who is it? Um, one of the newer characters in the comics, the the one who's openly gay, is like, ooh, Archie got hot. So he's talking about him while he's talking to Betty. Kevin <laughs> Smith would say it was Jughead, but... 
No, Jughead is like a, a like an out, like a lonely outsider who's like trying to dig up stuff on the town, man. Oh, what's no. going on? Oh god. Uh, Betty and Veronica have a very forced lesbian kiss. Um, Moose apparently is closeted. They got that one out of the way quick. <laughs> oh my god! It was like this is like it. What the fuck, man? It's not even so bad that it's good. Like, I don't even want to find... Like, I don't care about them. And Archie fucked one of his teachers over summer. Uh, it's like, what the... F- what? Why? Because Why? sex and violence sells. I guess, to a but... degree. But here's the thing. So just I, make a I show like... younger people fucking and call it that, and you'll get just as many viewers. <laughs> and you'll not have to destroy my childhood comics. Uh, <laughs> Oh man, it's like why? I don't I don't I just don't get it. It's if it it's not even interesting enough to keep watching it. Oh, it's it's man. You know, we all know that rule thirty nine is that, you know, anything you can think of they'll make porn out of it. There's like a rule thirty nine and a half now that if there's anything you can think of They'll make a TV show out of it. Here's the thing. Berlanti <laughs> produced this shit. Yeah, well, he's. I think he, his own monster might have gotten out of control on him a little bit. <laughs> I understand wanting to try something with the Archie characters. There's only so far that you can push that IP yeah. with, with having it still be... Archie. Well, and you have to assume there's even still an audience for Archie. I mean, it's kind of a dated... I guess they've been keeping up on him in the comics, but I just, to me, it's a if dated they had, property. If they had an Archie half-hour comedy live-action that was having them in high school having wacky adventures, that would work I'd watch me. it. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm not going to watch this, though. <laughs> Uh, David, know. your thoughts on the Archie gang? Uh, I, 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 I didn't watch it, and I'm not <laughs> gonna watch it. No. But I, I think Nobody if you try, watch it. if you try to do it as the comics, it would wind up on the Disney Channel yeah. and still be unwatchable. I'd for rather us, watch maybe, that. but you know, hey, I'd rather watch Jughead try to eat a hundred hamburgers for a competition, <laughs> yeah. or watch all of them trying to pile into Archie's jalopy, like. I I, I didn't need uh, a murder and a relationship with a teacher and uh, I don't know all the oh god it was bad and I'm not even opposed to Archie trying to get Betty and Veronica in the sack at the same time uh, all credit goes to Kevin Smith on that theory too um, <laughs> <laughs> oh I don't blame him either but we all thought it <laughs> uh, it was always it was always Veronica for me yeah me too. Yeah. Until the redhead came along. <laughs> no, what would be? Betty was the whoever the brunette was. I was, was if I have a fictional crush, she's usually a brunette. Monica is the brunette. Oh, here's the other thing. They even went so far as to throw in other characters from the Archie universe. They put all they put Josie and the Pussycats in as like the band that's in the high school. Well, at least that's here's the thing. Remember Josie and the Pussycats? Remember how there was uh, a white girl, a black girl. Yeah. And another now they're all black. Okay. Why well, not? Like, you already had parody in the original version. <laughs> right, like, yeah. <laughs> so you just yeah, you made Josie and the Pussycats less diverse than it was before. Well I done. I know. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> well done. What the fuck? I'm seriously disappointed because the girl who plays Barb on Stranger Things is gonna be playing uh 
one of the characters on. It's like, I kind of like her. I want to see what else she's going to do. But Jesus, I don't want to watch this show. Well, I guess they're going to bring in Sabrina, too, eventually. So oh that'll get God. wacky. No. It's like, well, you might as well at this point. There's already enough <laughs> stupid shit well, going on. Well, you know on. what? We already, Buffy the Vampire Slayer already did the weird high school shit, okay? You're not going to top it, so don't bother. <laughs> yeah, it was just, oh, God, it was all the worst soap opera well, elements. Buffy and from the gang every- were the Scooby in the gang, of course, so... Essentially, Whedon fans uh, lay off. I yeah. am a, I'm Riverdale. A I, I give it my. I cannot not recommend it high enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for saving us all an hour of our lives. Yeah. Along those lines, did anyone watch that Legion? I just that started is- to. I'm about third of the way through it. Have you seen <laughs> the whole thing? No, I haven't watched it yet. I have a DVR. Is it worth it so far? It's. A well-crafted show, from what I see so far. I don't know what fuck all it's going to have to do with the X-Men universe, but it might be better if it doesn't. Um, it looks like it looks like some good stuff. I mean, Audrey Plaza from uh, Parks and Rec, I've had a crush on for eight years. So that's and she's playing an insane person, so that's always fun. Um, it's yeah, David Heller from the comics, and it's looking like he has the Legion powers from the comics. Uh, I'm going to okay, check so out the rest of the first episode anyway and see where it goes. Okay, I was I for some reason I was thinking was it, is it going to be Proteus? Is it going to be Professor X's kid? I guess not. So I guess I was way off base there. I guess I well, I don't think they're ever going to acknowledge that it's Professor X's kid. I don't, you know, it's like all of the X Men continuity at this point. There is none. Uh, so. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Uh, so that's I think all right. as long as they go with that, I mean, I don't know why, again, I don't know why you bother adapting a known property if you're not going to have it look at least a little like that property at all, you know, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to give that a chance and we think it's worthy to talk about. Maybe we'll we'll throw that on that the huge pile of stuff we have to record. But, yeah, I'll have to get around to watching that as well. I was never. Because like, I won't be watching Riverdale. I'll, I'll have a slot for something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that Powerless is only 22 minutes because uh, yeah, I'll probably will be a, a masochist and, and watch them all just to, yeah, just to reap the, 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 the little Easter eggs that will make me feel good and geeky and, and discard the rest. Uh, I can't. I don't think I can. I, I don't even think I could be bothered to pirate it to watch it. <laughs> That's saying something. Well, I was actually going to offer uh, David if he wanted to continue doing reviews of it with me on I mean, like a separate night or something. We could if he had the time, but uh, I'm not sure I have the will. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I definitely have episode two down. For- yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch that too, but... Uh, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll make a judgment on that soon. <laughs> Pretty but, uh, much it's going to be uh, like a Deadpool. When do you think this is going to get canceled? Uh, yeah, and I don't know if there's any value <laughs> in podcasting about that, really. It's like, you know, I already do the Deadpool over on the Walking Dead podcast. So, <laughs> so yeah. there's enough negativity in my podcasting life. Uh, 
Uh, but you know what? It'll probably end up being. You know what? I was saying that it'll probably be some crazy huge hit because it's what there's probably something on after it. That people I know are it's only watch. my favorite shows that get canceled after two, a season or two. It's all the crap that goes on for thirteen and fourteen. Gotham's been on for like what four, three or four years now already. Know, it's like yeah. I don't even yeah. know anybody that watches it. Yeah, we're in freaking bizarro world. Yeah, I don't either. Everyone I've talked to that's seen any of it is like, uh, screw that show. Most of, I, all the reviewers I see writing about her are like, screw this show. And it's like, well, season six and season seven. Yeah, uh, I watch it, but the thing is, everyone's going to be so old, according to this show. No wonder Batman beats the hell out of That's what I see this now as like the mash of, of the Batman universe, David. I was thinking about this the other day. <laughs> Went on seven yeah. years longer than the actual event. <laughs> the actual, yeah, exactly. So this, they'll be in season 15 of Gotham. Bruce will still be like 13. And uh, <laughs> the Joker will be 75. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I just can't. I cannot. I cannot. Uh, <laughs> yep. As long as the money's yep. rolling in, they'll keep making them. I suppose, man. They're not even getting good action figures out of shit like that. I just, no. I just <laughs> what are you going to do? Young Bruce versus the Penguin, who just wears a fucking suit. I don't know. Uh, <sighs> I don't know either. But, hey. We'll see what happens. I will There's begrudge, plenty of other stuff on. I would begrudge knowing their their superhero fandom because oh, neither, neither would I. I. It's just it's not doing it for not doing it for me. Nope. <laughs> you know what I think the problem is? The CW shows are doing it so well, it's overshadowing everything else. Well, they're committed to being like, all right, it's a comic book show. We're going to make it comic booky. We're going to Gorilla City next. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Wow. Like. Yeah. I, when, when they first had Grodd, and I'm like, oh, that's cute. They're going to have a reference to Grodd. Then they actually had Grodd. Then they talked about Gorilla City. I said, they're never going to show us Gorilla City. At the end of the episode, they show us Gorilla City, and now they're going to go to it. I'm like, you know what? Uh, I kind of wish it was on the main Earth, although that apparently doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> no, they'll be able to bebop around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, and, and I, honestly, I, I'm enjoying Arrow just as much, too. Uh, this week's Arrow, I thought, was really strong. I do have to still watch that one in this week's Shield. Yeah. So, Well, this snow day helped me out because I caught up on everything. Yeah. I got caught yeah. up on a lot, too. <laughs> it was like one after the other after the other. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so I'm going to go watch the rest of Legion, and uh, we'll report back on that as soon as we can, probably on the Facebook page. Hey, we have a Facebook page, too. Um, you probably find it by doing just weekly heroics in that Facebook search bar thingy. Yep. Um, and I think we can it. get, I think we might be able to get merch on one of the websites if you want a t-shirt yeah. or underwear or... Yeah, I gotta throw up that link too. Get, a, we, get our logo on whatever you want. Well, I guess we tried to get it on Cafe Press and, and we were rejected because of, we violated copyright and we... From a piece of it, from a piece of original art, completely original piece of. I'm pretty sure I even left all the logos and stuff off that first one. That was our first, first uh, template photo I, I made. So I will have to check into that because uh, maybe I have the the Agents of Shield and like a Flash logo on it. And maybe that's what killed us, but I don't think I did. So that baffles me, but. Maybe it's because I actually attributed the artist on on the picture. But I, I uh, got I got permission from Mr. Capellish to to merch it 
if we wanted to, because I gave him a right of refusal. But nothing to write. Maybe if we knew a lawyer who could draw us up some papers for stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll do some looking into it. Okay. All we'd really need is I, Andy Capellish, give you permission to put this on merchandise. Blammo. <laughs> Done. Well, we'll sort it out. Regardless, right. I'm sure we can get the... Uh, Binge Storm character on something at some point. We should trademark that shit. All right. Uh, that's it for Weekly Heroics for this week. David Pasquarella, thanks for coming on again. And thanks, Dave. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Shannon with us anytime, sir. Um, I'm not even going to say what we're doing next because I have no clue. We, we don't know. We got some stuff for you. I promise we got some stuff for you. <laughs> Lots of stuff. Yeah, now we do have a couple Constantine recaps. Uh, we're going to do a few shows of that, and then we're going to get right back into the AOS stuff. I promise, I promise, I promise, or Mr. Tyler's going to abandon me. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> uh, I'm a, a bad producer. Bad, bad producer. I, I, I'm a bad podcaster, so it works. I, I act on whims all the time. You know, I just, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Night, folks. Tune in next week. Bye now. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. You like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen, and I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the quarter bin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The quarter bin podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarter Bin Podcast in iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny.